70 record closing highs so far for the day. Blasting through a ceiling. In a record-setting IPO. Investors who have been riding the wave. When the stock market is booming, we're made to believe the economy is booming. As the stock market goes, so goes the wealth and the health and economy. So what exactly is the stock market measuring? Ninety-eight point four Capital FM. Today is the sixth of February, twenty twenty-four. Good evening. This is the financial forecast, a show that delves to seek into matters affecting our economy, and we are in a new month. Nyamburandongo, alongside Kengishinga, Chief Economist, Mentoria Economics, Ken. Welcome to the month of February. As cliche as it may sound. <laughs> Welcome to the month of love. <laughs> we did have a very special guest last time and we had a very nice episode. Uh, we had uh, Yus- Yusuf Keshavji. I have to I have to say that so slowly. Right. Yeah? Uh, shareholder at White Rose. And he had so much great input to give us. So as you're telling us how your week has been, what you anticipate for the month of February, you can tell us some of the key takeouts that we had or you had. Uh, from our session last week. Uh, many thanks, Nyambura. Always a pleasure yep. um, to see you every Tuesday um, here at the Two Rivers. Yes. Um, all <laughs> always a pleasure. And indeed, in a new month, February, the month of love. love. <laughs> uh, it's also a leap year. So this oh February, yeah, yeah. we love 29 days. days. Yep. So that's an additional day for the CFOs to... Um, <laughs> more chocolates, more flowers, <laughs> you know. Include. And indeed, uh, last week's uh, episode was such, uh, such a treat. It was Yusuf Keshavji totally was. speaks from the heart, and Great you know when you talk about a business that's been there for seventy-two years, mm-hmm. you know, I mean the lessons learned were incredible. For me, I think the biggest takeaway was putting the employee at in the heart of the business. Mm-hmm. For me, I found that so fascinating because very often employees are one of many other uh, factors but he said you really have to put the employees there your foot soldiers yeah. they're the ones who encounter the clients mm-hmm. every day and when you do your strategy make sure the feedback really comes in and also some of the books that he recommended are uh, young entrepreneurs mm-hmm. to to read books like oversubscribed yeah. uh, by Priestley. so i think it was a very very loaded and anybody who missed that episode should definitely get to the soundcloud Yes, they can, they can get uh, that episode that we had and any other. Um, ev- everywhere they get their podcast from. Right. They're <laughs> going to go and get it. Episode uh, 2, season 4. Yes, so they'll get a uh, great bout of wisdom from <laughs> Mr. Yusuf. How about you? What was your takeaway from that uh, extra lengthy episode? Yeah, it actually went yeah, way it beyond. Did. We, we, we really did extend our time. And right. I think, Ken, for me, the one thing that I that really stood out was the fact that he said uh, as a family they take time off to go and discuss the values as a as a family they need to have so it's not what we see as you know the values that we put <laughs> in our mission vision as part of the strategy that is done in Ivasha by people who uh, haven't listened to financial forecast to understand what is happening in the economy but they actually sit down to discuss their values as a family they need to have, which is then cascaded down to the employees. And 
I think that is the one disconnect um, maybe as businesses we have that we have the values that we are saying but what we know is monkey see monkey do so if what i see as a value and what i am uh, what you're telling me but what you're doing is different then i am definitely going to be like uh, i think your way is what we need to go with so for me him saying that they actually go and sit down and discuss the values uh, the values that they need to have i was like wow um I've never heard of anything like that. <laughs> that also really really it caught my attention. That was very intentional. Yeah. And even how you highlighted things like patience, right? you know, things that we consider small uh, but were actually at the heart of big. growing the lead. You know, many companies have mission, vision statements mm-hmm. and values you yep. go to yep. the internet and you download. Uh, they look beautiful, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> but the fact that they have values. Yeah. So they go and discuss the business part but also the family. And so the I think family. Anybody who especially is involved in family business yeah. or want aspires mm-hmm. to grow their family business I think that is definitely one for the books. Well, I we, I told you we are taking notes. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> we really did take notes. <laughs> and we are buying the book and we also buying his uh, memoir when when he finally gets to give us one. So uh we have quite a show today can. That was a very special meeting that was happening today it has uh, broken shattered my <laughs> my hopes and dreams <laughs> you'll tell us more about it you are listening to us at 98.4 capital fm you can catch us online at www.capitalfm.co.ke/listenlive and we value your comments your feedback and your questions so do write to us at 0701984994 our socials facebook x at capital fm kenya hashtag financial forecast and as you set in and begin your new week you can take time and get your weekly reports every monday morning by emailing info@mentoria.co.ke get to know what was happening last week what has been happening what you anticipate to happen we live in a global world global market so information they say is power so when you have this information you're able to make decisions that are going to transform your business so can uh our markets and our commodities uh, globally the major indices are all up you know uh, S&P Nasdaq uh, FTSE but the bonds are down now can i remember we were meant to be having uh one episode where we need to discuss and you were meant to give us a bit of an education as to why these two markets always are in contrasting because now we see the major indices are up but our bonds are down. Now you're absolutely right Nyambura um the S&P looking up and I think a lot of it is tied to statements by the Fed. Mm-hmm. The Federal Reserve really uh people still expect interest rates to come down soon <laughs> and there's that expectation that uh, when credit is cheaper yeah. people will start buying um much of these stocks okay. but there's also another layer of just earnings company earnings coming through yep. and really uh uh generating positive sentiment you know companies such as Spotify right. uh their earnings guidance uh-huh. looks very very impressive so yeah. that so those are the two forces that are driving up and it it shocks me that people still have this very keen expectation that the fed will start cutting interest rates right. despite uh, the fed chairman uh Powell, Powell really both in the fed meeting last week right. and in a very very rare 
event on Sunday where he was on 60 Minutes. 60 mm-hmm. Minutes is one of the most famous uh, TV shows right. in the United States, plays on CBS. He, had, he made a very rare appearance and mm-hmm. still reiterated that they need to see more data before <laughs> they can <laughs> start. And I was actually watching that clip and I was like, wow, how, how much... How more much more data do they need? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but still, everybody believes, and I guess, and also, if you look at the jobs numbers, right. they're pretty good. About three hundred and fifty thousand jobs were created, mm-hmm. so that means the urgency for them to cut interest rates might not be as big as it is. Yet the market still yeah. believes uh, this is the time to cut, and stocks should start going up. Okay. And obviously, now people start pref- preferring holding um, equities. So. Right. That's the big point. I think on the bond market, mm-hmm. obviously, that's tied to the interest rate outlook. Right. When interest rates start uh. coming off, then definitely uh, there's that expectation of uh, profit making. Right. But when the expectation is uh, interest rates will s- hold steady, then obviously nobody would want mm. to hold on. So it, it means the people who are playing on the bond market are listening more closely right. to... Uh. The oh, Fed than, okay. <laughs> than the people who are holding equity, I would say that. That is interesting. For the commodities as well, um, the energy futures, most of them all up. Metal futures, gold, silver, and copper. In fact, uh, the, uh, we were reading that uh, gold is about to hit an all-time high, uh, which is interesting because the major indices are also looking up. And agriculture futures also all up. So I think other than the bonds, People are like, let us, let us invest, I think, <laughs> for now. But as you said, uh, looking at uh, U.S. and the job numbers, uh, they finally did come out uh, within the week. And you've said they have grown. And time, time and again, we've discussed, Ken, how the U.S. market somehow is just resilient. So I have just two questions. What is leading the job numbers Going th- and employment going up, but also why is it that somehow when the USA is ahead, Europe is down, but they are somehow able to sustain this? How is that? Uh, let me start with the second part, and I think that's more of a philosophical people could debate, mm-hmm. but I think there are a number of reasons why the American economy appears to be ahead, right? Not just of Europe, but ahead of the rest mm-hmm. of the world. Uh, number one is the government spent quite a bit of money during the pandemic. Okay. If you look at U.S. government expenditure as a percentage to output, mm-hmm. it's typically around 35%. Okay. But during the COVID areas, it was around 40%. So this is government spending money on paychecks, okay. people to work from home. Right. Yes. And I think that maintained consumption because consumption is a key driver okay. of the American economy. Mm-hmm. And I think even when people were at home and earning checks, the consumptions continued. People are getting a $1,000, $2,000 check. So that's one reason that was just a very aggressive government stimulus push. Another argument is the U.S. is less geopolitically exposed than Europe. Mm -hmm. So Europe is close to Russia. So it's tied to energy. The energy issues hit Russia harder. Uh, America doesn't import as much oil ah, from Russia, yes. so that wasn't it didn't expose them okay. as much as Europe. There's also a third argument that's been advanced that uh, looking at demographics, America just has a younger 
demographics than its European or Asian counterparts. So the median age in the United States is about 38.5. Right. The median age in Germany is about 46 years. And the median wow. age in Japan is about 49 years. And there's that argument that wow. younger people are able to work they're more, more agile. Mm-hmm. Actually, yes. that's a word. Yeah. They're more agile. Mm-hmm. They're able to um, look for multiple jobs. Yeah. They can adjust they to can situations. So that's another demographic uh, argument yeah. that's been put forward. So I'd say back to you, Nyambura, which, which of those, <laughs> if you are an economics professor, which of those three uh, would you say would be most convincing? Well, <laughs> I think... All the above. <laughs> The, no, 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 we shall not choose C. Eh? <laughs> that's, that's the one we always use. <laughs> right. uh, the fact that the demographic part is going to, uh, as you were talking about it, I'm just thinking here in Kenya, our median age is, did they say 19? 19 I think years. last I checked it was 19. So eh? It's half of the United States. And in Japan, it's 49. 49, yeah. But somehow unfortunately painfully unemployment here is so high so we have so much um, social uh, output if i can call it mm-hmm. that production factors of production and human resource that is laid to waste um, and the government is not able to actually get the benefit of this of this asset and for the states i think uh, the demographic is working but at the same time i think the government is very um, it is it's taking initiative it's very uh, stand on what it needs to achieve and we also talked about how they have um, uh, a committee a social committee that actually looks into all these things and gives all this data that is required even as uh, we are getting power asking for more data so they are so they are very intentional right and they actually see for them jobs and employment is one of the things they're like if at all this goes down it's going to hurt our economy so i think that takes it out for me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because we can also see the jobs numbers are now also growing which is an indicator that what they put on paper is actually what they measure so those two take it out and back to your earlier question on why are they creating so many jobs? Yeah. I'd say their monetary policy is uh, that's the objective. Okay. You see, in Kenya, we only look at inflation. Like today, later on, we'll read mm-hmm. about the MPC yeah. and they'll talk about inflation is well anchored. <laughs> that's always a constant phrase. But <laughs> in the United States, they right. have what is called um, uh, a two prong attack right. where they look at both, uh, it's called a dual mandate. Uh-huh both unemployment and inflation, and each of those have to be within range. So I think that the fact that they deliberately measure, you know, Nyambura, they say you measure what you treasure. Yeah. And the fact that they measure it. That's true. And it's it. So when I think about Kenya, we don't have a strong monthly measure. Okay. Uh, The Labor Ministry really, and it's a bit disappointing because just two days ago, the Labor Ministry here say that young Kenyans should look for jobs abroad. And and I was very disappointed because the job of the labor ministry is is to to come up with the policies to make sure that people get 
high quality jobs that if I want to go abroad it's because I found yeah, something better exactly not because not I don't have there's nothing here anything here so it's it's still a bit underwhelming right uh the stuff uh the sorry the policy landscape yeah. that is here but yeah it's and that's why I keep saying it's very important understanding the global economics because you get you get opportunities to compare and to contrast and that is true and to get policy prescriptions mm-hmm. that could help us uh, be better <laughs> i think as you said uh, we measure what we treasure i don't know <laughs> as a country <laughs> what we treasure if you ask me it will be mostly about tax <laughs> let's take a short break welcome back 98.4 capital fm Financial forecast, a show that seeks to delve into <laughs> the matters affecting our economy. Nyambura <laughs> Ndongo, uh, alongside Ken Gishinga, Chief Economist, Mentoria Economics. And before we went on break, Ken, we were discussing how we value what we treasure. <laughs> we value what we treasure. And uh, as, a ca- as a country, we shall get to discuss some of the things that we treasure. For now, let me tell you what's happening in Africa. AFCON is about to hit the peak, right? Uh, I know you follow football and you're a huge fan. <laughs> so even as we discuss how matters affecting the economy in, in Africa, we cannot fail to discuss AFCON and its impact on the economy. I will be asking what your prediction will be as we <laughs> <laughs> go into <laughs> the next phase. But um some of the things that are happening within Africa is uh, South Africa is fighting to avoid recession, Ken. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the season is uh, the the fever, the Afghan fever is here with us. Right. And tomorrow we have the two largest economies mm-hmm. uh, head to head, Nigeria and uh, South Africa. So it will be not just a battle of the mites right. on the p- on the on, on the, on the field, but also a battle of the economies, economies. <laughs> and these economies are not doing well. Wow. Um, South Africa, as you said, it's battling recession. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the power issues last year really messed up the, uh, particularly being an industrialized country mm-hmm. where this heavy manufacturing, uh, the power issue was so so significant. Yeah. And Nigeria, you know, their v- currency has been devalued. The naira, I think, it's lost almost forty percent. So wow. these two countries are not having a good time. So right. tomorrow they need to have a good time <laughs> to, to, to forget what's yeah. what's what's happening. Yeah, and they normally say football, it <laughs> brings that joy and uh, camaraderie. So <laughs> they'll be looking forward to that. And I know how important this is. So you know, the BBC had a story today saying that uh, the goalkeeper, South African goalkeeper, should be right. the minister of <laughs> the economy, given how many saves he made he, wow, against wow, Cape Verde. Wow. But but yeah, I mean, um, tournaments like this do generate income for the host countries, right? Um, which is Ivory Coast. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're making some good money, yeah, uh, from just the sponsorships, mm-hmm. the activities, but also them being in the tournament. Right. You know, they were one man down against Mali, but they still had that. Okay. So that extra motivation right. is quite significant. So I think. Um, as we think about the African economies, obviously very tough time. Right. If you look at the IMF reports, very bearish against South Africa, very bearish against Nigeria. Mm. But it's moments like these that people 
used to sort of hopefully steer a new uh, a new beginning yeah let me let me divert you for a minute do you think we shall be able to host as predicted is it 2027 or around that time <laughs> right. uh they say it's east africa as a <laughs> as a country as uh, the east africa community is that something that is still viable like uh, is there still hope there's very much a lot of hope right. i mean just a few months ago i met two young men uh-huh. who already were scouting around for apartments oh around uh, Ruaka in which they plan to make them into Airbnbs in time for Afcon 2020 so there are people who uh, obviously there are many dynamics <laughs> to come <laughs> yeah. but there are a lot of people who are thinking in that direction uh-huh. um, because these tournaments are huge and 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 they they give us a social commentary it's right. not just the, the language of the game they give us a social comment you know like when i was watching some of these games and you look at some of these banners like orange right. spawns and i said orange used to be in kenya what a happened to them a long time ago like a long time ago so it it helps you sometimes recalibrate yeah. with things maybe that you had forgotten things that maybe you didn't think through and you wonder how come totals to the orange do so much better in west in africa west africa than in east africa than in east africa all these brands that are they are there they are huge right huge brands so it's it's it's, al- it's always an opportunity to to look to to look at how these economies are organized you know talk about kebad kebad is an island of a population of half a million people right that's less than even half of Ke- nairobi <laughs> much 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 smaller Should but still so you know has the gravitas right. and the organization to get a team to get to afcon so i think there are sort of sp- people just look at the score lines but there's so many subplots that play within this tournament that people need to ask how is it that you know bigger economies oh. that should be sweating their assets <laughs> are not even featuring you said pe- half a million i mean that's the population of what rocker here <laughs> i do not want to ask where our kenyan team how far they got uh, yeah <laughs> for purposes of peace <laughs> but can I, i'd really want to know how how south africa is looking to get out of this and remember we've had a discussion about ghana and how they have also gone through this journey um we are seeing angola quitting uh, opec so what what are some of the things you can say that south africa is actually looking to do and uh also Nigeria you've talked about the devaluation of of the naira and uh when we come back after the break we shall be telling us how that is going to be affecting their currency so it is 7 o'clock right now uh and you're listening to 98.4 capital fm the date is 6th of february 2024 and this is the financial forecast a show that seeks to delve into matters affecting our economy I am Nyambura Ndongo alongside Kengi Shinga chief economist Mentoria Economics and Ken we were saying uh we were looking at Africa and uh South Africa is trying to fight trying really hard to fight recession so what are some of these things that they are actually doing to ensure that they <laughs> they win this war No, it is a war indeed and it's a war that uh, they need they mm-hmm. badly need to win 
um, some of the things they are doing is looking at some of their key strategic uh, sectors. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is uh, what you call the MICE oh. specs. So meetings, exhibitions, conferences. Mm-hmm. South Africa does really well right. in that segment. I've invested in state-of-the-art mm-hmm. conferences and they get a lot of millions of rand spent. I mean, uh, African leaders are always yeah, celebrating birthdays in South Africa. And so I think they see that as a strategic. And remember last year, they uh, eased the visa rules yes. even for Kenyans. Yeah. And that's so quite a big boost of Kenyans now starting to go to South Africa. So right. I think it's boosting mm. the tourism sectors right. um, because the heavy manufacturing sectors, mining, are so tied to the power power. thing. On the power side, I know there's some conversations happening with Mozambique Uh on how um, Mozambique could help that situation, but still, uh, that still is in discussion. Uh, For Nigeria, really, it's, uh, as you say, weakening the currency, actually, in their opinion, and actually in economic facts, Mm -hmm. makes their prices more affordable to foreign investors. So if you wanted to buy an apartment in Accra, I mean, in Lagos, yeah. uh, it's cheaper mm. if you're holding dollars. So I think the idea for them is to sell more. Okay. The countries that are export-oriented uh, sometimes do better when their currency is weaker yeah. because it means your clients can yeah, buy, more. Actually buy more. And that's why the Chinese are constantly weakening their currencies against mm. the America's desire. America always says China's is it's 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 really undervalued and 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 such so i think that will definitely but you see nigeria still imports quite a bit Mm -hmm. uh what devaluing currencies only helps um if you are true net exporter but nigeria imports in fact it imports its own fuel in in as much as it's it it is it exports the crude it It actually its own fuel i mean it's it's processed abroad then much some of it comes to the big the, the the big so devaluing oh. currency and the currency in naira has deva- been devalued by about 40 percent last i checked was about 14 8, 1480 to the us dollar so that's even above the black market rate which is <laughs> like in the 1470s so they've lost about 40 percent so it's good news for exporters right but bad news for anybody who has to face with an import bill? Hold, hold that thought. One thousand four hundred and eighty-two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you look very okay. surprised. <laughs> so uh, we here on this side are busy complaining about one hundred and sixty. <laughs> they are at one thousand four hundred and eighty-two against the dollar. Right. Okay, which part of uh, <laughs> economics <laughs> class is that? <laughs> there are ways how these exchange rates are compute are computed, but fundamentally. Exchange rates represent the quantity of two currencies mm. in an economy. It's the ratio of dollars and uh, naira, in the co- and that's and that's and that's what it's been for them. You know, I mean, oh. Japan's exchange rate to the dollar is almost identical to Kenya's um, exchange rate. Yet Japan yeah, is, is, I mean, is a major exporter. It right. exports Nissans and Toyotas. Yeah, right. Uh, and and that so exchange rates there and Nigeria are saying they're changing their formula mm-hmm. on how they compute exchange rates, but exchange rates fundamentally reflect the ratio of currencies available okay. between two countries. Yeah, sorry, can uh, and 
there's something that you've said. They export their oil and then it is imported back. What? <laughs> I, I would think, uh, okay, those are some of the areas that they're going to put a bit of focus on so that when you have this oil, everything is done within the country and then you export it. And then you become, I mean, you're able to actually hold the natural resource that you have and it is to your benefit because at this particular point then you have your your exp- you're exporting at a cheaper um it's it's still a raw good and then now you're actually <laughs> importing it as a finished good which is way much more expensive uh so those wow yeah but so yeah so essentially they do have local processing capacity yeah but it's not sufficient and in fact the point you've raised is a point uh the minister of finance in ghana uh raised last week Uh at a conference saying we need to just stop the whole export our soil to europe we need to start having value addition you know just here in kenya we discovered um yes that new mineral Mm -hmm. i think it's i'm forgetting the name that's used in in battery chargers yeah. and 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 such. So all these things are primed to go to China, uh, Europe, and sometimes the, the states. So I think Nigeria is in that situation where, yes, it has the resources, but it needs to do a bit more value addition. Okay. And also, it needs to diversify its economy. Before oil was discovered, Nigeria was a very big player in agriculture. In the days of the sixties and the seventies, agri. Nigeria had such a variety of agricultural produce that's sort of been waylaid a bit with the rise of oil money. So black gold. Exactly, black gold. And yeah, and uh, so I think it's also an opportunity to diversify. Um, South Africa is already highly diversified. But those are the things that, because these two economies, when you combine them, they contribute to a significant part of African growth uh, if you combine them. So just a bit of economic growth on both sides okay. can end up creating a lot of jobs uh, not just for their populations but yeah. for other foreign countries that um, send people like Zimbabwe that will send people to right. um, South Africa so it's it's a big topic and that's why on this show we always tend to put a keen eye on yeah. on those two economies ah. Ken I think every single time we have this show I'm still left I don't know if it is Eye-opening or more angry because, <laughs> ah, man, if, if at all um, you have something that is working, agriculture for sure is something that they normally say people who are very well-fed are very happy people, <laughs> right? So if you have that natural resource and you're still going to let me not use the word wasted, but still wasted, right? Um, and probably put more effort into the oil, which, would, if at all, we are really f- keen and focused as um, Africans and towards growth of Africa. I think those are some of the things that we need to be looking at because we have everything um, in terms of the land, the weather. Uh, I was I was uh, seeing how at some point Canada got as cold as is it uh, minus 40 and, s- and stuff like that. But we have all these resources at our... They're just next door. Literally, they just fall. Eh? We have nothing to do. But anyway, uh, I think that's what 
policy does, I guess. No, Nyambori, what you've said is, is very true. Um, agriculture can be such a big transformer for an economy. True. And it used to be in, right. if you look at the literatures of people like Chinua Achebe, right. all they their metaphors about, yes, <laughs> about, about food, and, food and, <laughs> and the importance of food in the community and stuff. And yeah. even if you look at philosophers who've come from West Africa, right. people like Thomas Sankara, mm-hmm. you know, he used to say, he who feeds, he who feeds you controls you. And so, that is true. So when we saw last week Burkina Faso leaving mm-hmm. um, the ECOWAS, it's, and they said it's because ECOWAS has departed the from field. its Pan-African Mi- ideals, yeah. Yeah. Um, there is that feeling that um, the capacity to do much has been eroded. eroded. Uh, Europe still plays such a big role in this economy. So I think um, possibly there could be a shift okay. towards thinking of why do we have so much, mm. whether it's Angola <laughs> and it's oil. And I think countries now are starting to decide you know, we are the captains of our destiny. We are the ones who are steering the ship. Exactly. And we can do much more. So I think hopefully financial focus will contribute to and <laughs> stimulating. And you have a population that is eager and ready to work. Now, okay, let's come together. <laughs> <laughs> and Ked, uh, there was a very important meeting that happened today. So the Central Bank of, uh, of Kenya and uh, the MPC were meeting. <coughs> And they came up with, you know, decisions uh, that came out of that meeting. Uh, I'd want you to, one, highlight what is the MPC? Again, the importance. I think uh, we can never tire telling people who they are, what they do, and then the news that they had for us today. Indeed, the MPC stands for the Monetary Policy Committee, and this is the group of men and women Mm. um, who are charged with uh, determining the conduct of monetary policy um, in a country, essentially setting interest rates because interest rates is what uh, drives the supply of money in the economy. So it's a very critical body that I've said we need to know more about, engage more, Mm. um, find out when they make a decision like today's, what was the voting? Right. who voted for what? I mean, if you look at the Bank of England's right. MPC last week, uh, you saw one member voted to cut interest rates, another member voted to retain, mm-hmm. another one voted to uh, raise. So you had a split MPC right. for the first time since 2008. We don't have the luxury of knowing, knowing. you yeah, know, about to ask, the, huh? the, the dynamics. Yeah, yeah. But the decision that was made was to raise interest rates. <laughs> Um, the central bank rate from 12.5 to 13 percent just wow. came about an hour ago. Yeah. Um, so there is much to discuss. Uh, it gives me shivers. Uh, we were discussing before the show, and um, I remember in December, I think November, December of 2022, that's when we began seeing the hikes in the interest rates. And then come 2023, and I think it has happened twice in 2023. And now, <laughs> as you were getting into January, you know, you're still getting into the fear. Uh, although I think uh, you had actually predicted that it would possibly happen uh, come the 6th of February. And now our interest rates have been increased. So what does that mean for me? I, I can... I. 
I have a lot of pain, right? As a, <laughs> as a business person, <laughs> because I have interacted with the financial institutions, and I know how expensive it is. I, I laugh and say that being broke is expensive. Uh, <laughs> and now it's re- it's really becoming very expensive. <laughs> you know, in December, when we were predicting what they would do in November, December, right. uh, we predicted they would raise interest right. rates because we say the exchange rate mm-hmm. was really sliding and they had to do something dramatic right. to arrest that depreciation. Mm-hmm. So we saw that coming. Today, you know, early in the morning, uh, as we were just having our economists round table, I had the f- feeling they would raise it, but although I didn't want it, uh, but you know, in in the discussion that came, yeah, I I could see there was a possibility of them raising, uh-huh. um, because yes, the shilling is starting to stabilize. Yes, last week we saw it actually appreciating mm-hmm. for the first no. time in three years. It's now at one sixty. Exactly, and there's a time it hit one sixty four. Right. So it appreciates. So I was hoping that they will just retain. Mm. But I feel they still need to, you know, a- emphasize, tighten. tighten it, because the risk posed by a sliding exchange rate right. to our public debt, uh. to inflation, I think is st- so grave that they need, as a Fed chairman, more data. Right. <laughs> and they need to, to do it more. So right. I guess it was just in abundance of caution. Okay abundance of caution and saying yes we've seen the shilling is starting to stabilize mm-hmm. uh, but um we still need to tighten it a bit more uh just just out of an abundance of caution now what does that mean for nyambura yeah. and and can obviously it means um higher cost of credit yes and you know what's interesting ken sorry for for cutting you short on that was amongst the people who expected it to who the people who expected the rate to be maintained including myself was the Kenya Bankers Association who are giving us this credit that uh, we need so even they were for please just uh, maintain eh? but as you say they did it out of caution so okay how 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 is the direct trans- translation to um, the interest rate is going to go up. I am unable to get credit. So I have less money. So what does that mean for the... I'm not even trading in dollars. Like, I'm nowhere even the dollars. How does that affect me? You're absolutely right. The Kenya Bankers Association they came up and they sort of tried to lobby, you know. which is quite interesting because banks make their revenue from credit, a lot. Sell, selling credit. Yep. But I think it's also for them looking at the non-performing loans, ah, yes. which we discussed, I think, last week. Yes. Manufacturing sector. is now at uh, hitting record highs. Yeah, I defaults. mean, I think the average is about 15%. Right. Um, so even they, in as much as they would definitely enjoy higher interest rates it's not working uh, for them they'll actually with high na- manufacture i mean high and performance loans mm. it means the amount they have to put to provision is <laughs> higher so actually yeah. that takes away uh, o- any particular extra revenue yeah so i think for them that was the, uh, the argument uh, for you and me one i think of the saving graces in we have in kenya is the policy transmission what mm. is called the transmission signal from the central bank to commercial banks is still quite weak. Right. It's not very strong. In in Europe, in the US, it's one for one. 
because everybody's on a mortgage. Right. Everybody yeah, yeah. will start paying. Everybody's yep. on a credit card. Immediately. In Kenya, first of all, not all the banks pass on their um, higher credit. Some banks are very quick. Some banks have already started sending <laughs> SMSs <laughs> right now. <laughs> but there's some banks they never. So they absorb it. Some absorb it. You know, in, in you know the central bank rate really Yambura, is really the lending of central yeah, banks to banks. To, to banks yeah, exactly. But banks can also borrow from each ah, other. Ah, okay. And actually that's the primary way they mm. like to to borrow. Okay. Um so the in, there's interbank window. So sometimes that transmission might not be um as strong yeah. as 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 you know in the US where they target what is called the federal funds rate. This is the rate that all banks right. are exposed to. So these always that saving grace where you could say the transmission will not hit everybody okay. immediately. Okay. I think that's always a saving grace right. um, to that. Um, but you're right. To, the, to somebody, maybe to the banks that are going to increase interest rates, it means somebody will have to make more monthly payments, yep. which means cutting back on other yeah, key on areas yeah. and your disposable incomes come down. Yes. Um, but I think for them, the risk of that is less than the risk posed by a public debt that is, is just ballooning because of an exchange rate issue. Uh, so what they're looking at is um, repayment of the debts. So once they raise the interest, then how does that translate to the dollar and then also to the debt repayment that we need to make uh, to the foreign borrowers? Well, the key mandate is always inflation mm-hmm. and a price stability. But of course, uh, price stability in a country that imports right. quite <laughs> a bit <laughs> means exchange rate <laughs> is always part of it. So central mm-hmm. banks always like to say they do not have okay. a determined position. Yeah, They let the market um, level where it levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for them, they look at price stability. Now, if you look at inflation numbers, they went from 6.6 up to Mm 6.9%. Some of the key drivers were school fees. I saw school fees went up. Yes. I also saw power costs. (laughs) The power costs have gone up. They have. I don't know when last time you saw your your power bill. They have. So those have been the two key drivers of inflation. Okay. School fees is a bit unique. You could say that's transient. This happens once in a a while. Yeah, the beginning of the year. Yeah, but the power one. Power one is the significant one. What's happening with our power tariffs? We're seeing, you know, households that would pay four thousand shillings now having to pay seven thousand. Yep. It's it's even big big brands. Right. You know, you saw Kenchik. Mm-hmm. They decided they're moving to solar. Right. Because uh, Kenya power, power is too expensive. It's, it's too expensive. So it tells you that power part is quite quite significant. And of course, food food costs. In right. as much as the good rains have sort of brought down That's the. True the cost of milk and yeah. such, it's still uh, persistent. And so, and, and exactly. So the NPC, they looked at inflation. They said inflation is going up, yes. but it's still within the upper limit. Okay. The upper limit is 7.5. Okay. So they need not have had to increase, but I think that exchange rate okay. um, question, heavy. it weighed significantly. I th- I'd say that was a primary, in as much as they say price stability <laughs> is their main. <laughs> right. Uh, definitely the exchange rate was a big, big consideration. Uh, One thing I can say that is really going to be affecting business and affecting 
the government even as they're looking for ways to manage the debt and I th- we were discussing and we we're saying how this debt conversation is still spiraling like it is still uh, you know there are so many people saying we don't know how much debt is out there we are not even sure now we see that uh, someone has been uh, a body has come up that they need to investigate the Kenyan debt like it's from here to Mars huh? and so what the government has decided to do is harmonize all payments uh to e citizen let me tell you can the nightmare <laughs> the nightmare I, I, please describe i don't know it's going to be on a, a thousand ways <laughs> to die when doing business in kenya <laughs> it is <sighs> we love the government we really want when the government succeeds the people succeed the businesses succeed like everyone thrives but i don't know if it is one of the uh measures that have come up from you know who in this case being IMF but it is making doing business so hard and i can give you a few examples that um uh we were trying to pay a regulator and this is in millions so we go to them and we're like here's a check and they say you know what huh? uh the rules have changed you have to make your payment through e-citizen but How many companies have e-citizen accounts? Mostly it was personal if you want to get your driving license, your passport, your, your passport, you know, you'll have that. So now it requires the company to have an e-citizen account. Until uh you have to get the people on the CR12, that is the official document that is at the register of companies. And you maybe have one shareholder and maybe you have one director who has uh who's the director in other 10 companies so they need their details in terms of email number uh phone number and the otps have to send to your phone and they have to send an account and then since you're paying in millions of course you can't pay through mpesa right <laughs> then you need to have a prn generated and it it is chaotic the new additional school fees also have to be paid through a citizen a citizen i have someone who was renewing their uh pilot license and they had to go through the same system using the e citizen but all these government services have not been harmonized so i know for him he had to do it manually and then the system changed uh but still the system hasn't taken all the details he was told to go back and do it manually and then now after that like it is it is work can it is it is so much work uh uh we were trying to book uh, an inspection so even at NTSA uh the vehicles that you have they have to be under the company uh yeah can it is a lot and then now on top of that <laughs> we are uh getting a bit of a hard time now accessing all these credits and and getting uh the resources that we require so can do you think all these government measures are going to pay out please you know you talked about <laughs> a thousand ways to die <laughs> i love the symbolism uh there in and i would say when there are a thousand ways to die mm-hmm. we need to start wishing on a star right as <laughs> one rose royce once reminded us okay 
You're right. Obviously, um, government badly needs revenue. Yeah. And we get that. Um, all these measures uh, is to extract as much revenue, whether it's with the Treasury single account, mm-hmm. which I don't think we've discussed in a proper we way, haven't. or all the e-citizens. Right. There is a big push, obviously, with the IMFs right. to generate revenue. Okay. Um, because the IMF has given Kenya targets of about $800 billion yes. over the next three years. Mm-hmm. That money has to come not just from your livestock <laughs> but <laughs> but 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 yeah but but you're right in terms of how attractive does it make us yeah. as an investment destination you know part of the work we do is feasibility mm-hmm. studies mm-hmm. um for clients who want to invest in Kenya and we have to have a whole chapter on tax policy right regulatory environment mm-hmm. and that used to be something you could do within a couple of hours you could definitely do it now i think you need to have a group head of regulatory <laughs> affairs. So we have to think, yes, we have to um, work with the rules of the game, uh, but also we have to look at, are we making ourselves uncompetitive Mm -hmm. when an investor wants to come and set up a manufacturing hub in Kenya that can create thousands of good, meaningful jobs? Will they say, no, we're going to go to Mozambique? Because Mozambique. So I think there is that room for negotiations in terms of um, like people funding us mm. want this, yeah. but also we need to remain How competitive. And you have to negotiate that relationship almost on a daily basis, which is not an easy thing. It is not. And especially when the public is becoming a bit more uneasy. Uh, 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 so it's, it's, it's still back to the court, to the policymakers, right. to say, how do we merge these All two these realities that mm. are extremely important? Because the other thing is we are trying to make Kenya visa-free. Okay. Um, but for you to get that visa-free, <laughs> and if you're a foreigner or an alien, you still need an e-citizen account, Ken, because you need to make the payment through e-citizen, but you're a foreigner. So I, I think we just need someone <laughs> to come and educate <laughs> There's a gap. There's there's a gap that we need explanation to, and unfortunately, we do not have that answer right now. But uh, we can get someone to come and discuss it. Now, you have wished for. You've never done this. Uh, you have requested for a song today. I don't know if that's your parting shot. Again, our time is up. Like I, I think <laughs> we can call the show as if we have any parting shot. No, I think for me, it's we need to remain resilient right. as business people. Obviously, mm-hmm. these are challenges, right. but obviously, there are still strong business opportunities mm-hmm. that we need to uh, hungrily right. uh, pursue. Mm-hmm. I think uh, optimism still has to be there. Um, excellence in execution right. has to be there. And I firmly, in my heart of hearts, really believe that we'll find some level of equilibrium mm-hmm. as we keep let me tell you one thing. We, we actually said, I think, on our first show is that Kenyans, as, as resilient people, that is going to definitely carry us. And uh, with that, we come to the end of Financial Forecast <coughs> on this beautiful Tuesday evening. It is uh, time to get hyped with Wanjera. So you can catch this and every other latest episode of the Financial Forecast on Capital FM's SoundCloud page and anywhere you get your podcast from. Uh, Ken wishes to leave you with a very interesting song. It's called Wishing on a Star by Rose Royce, which will come after the news. 
So for us, it is good evening. And uh, yeah, let's stay resilient. I'm wishing on a star.